Hello, and welcome to Husband and Wife Time, a podcast celebrating Lifetime movies. I'm Matt Caprelletti. And I'm Elizabeth Blickle. And we're here today to talk to you about a 2021 film, Deadly Dating Game. This one centers on a radio show host. I love the radio. And we're going to get into it later, but is talk radio incredibly popular? NPR, yes, I get it. And yes, I get things like Sirius with like Howard Stern or on the other end of the spectrum, Andy Cohen. But I don't think I knew Andy Cohen had a Sirius radio program. Oh, yeah. I think it's called Radio Andy or something oh. like that. Is it yeah. all Bravo stuff? or I think it's all Bravo stuff. Okay. I think Ryan Seacrest has one, too. I mean, anyone you oh, can you, think well, of. Yeah, Seacrest built his career in radio. Okay. Well, I don't know anything about him, so mm-hmm. it's news to me. And next weather. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave me news. What's weather? <laughs> Do you have your, should we shuffle through our notes like the movie? Oh, no, where's my, where's uh, the weather? It's I going can't. to be warm. <laughs> I hope where you live. I mean, um, this was in Austin. It's always warm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they have storms and stuff that you would have to report on, but you could at least ad lib. Also, you could just say something and it filled the airtime and then yeah, issue a correction later. Like, it's going to be 78 and sunny. And now I'm going to play a song. We're getting sidetracked. It's time for Love on the Air with Shannon Baker. Yes, so... I did not bother learning her name, but Matt did. I wrote down radio personality, radio woman, (laughs) and a variety of other things. The premise of the movie is that Shannon hosts an extremely implausibly popular show called Love on the Air with Shannon Baker that I guess is the only radio program available in Austin. And it's all about love and they play love songs and hear stories about love and dedications of songs and, and she's single. So they start sending her out on dates to find her soulmate. And instead she finds danger. But the ratings. But the ratings (laughs) skyrocket. So I would describe this movie if I were to give it comparisons to others as all about Eve mixed with single white female. I've never seen either of those films. What? But I can guess the premise of the second. Okay. I definitely know the premise of the second. I reference single white female all the time. Yeah. I've mentioned it on this podcast like a million times. It's like a very famous premise. Of course. It doesn't mean that I've seen it. Okay. So the the premise of single white oh, female... Oh, I know what the premise is. Okay. Is that yeah. a woman wants another woman's life and slowly tries to take it. Exactly. Okay, so that's the premise of single white female. All about Eve, the premise is young starlet ingratiates herself into the life of aging starlet. Okay. To take her career. Got it. Who was in that? That was really famous, wasn't it? It was really famous. Um, oh, my God. I just looked it up yesterday, too. Uh, Betty Davis, I think, oh, wow. was one okay. of them. It's like an iconic movie. Yeah. And the gist of it is someone will always replace you. Yep. Like, it doesn't just happen to the first starlet, aging starlet. It happens to the younger aging starlet, too, that someone, like, right. comes in. Uh-huh 
gloms on through being like obsequious and very flattering and then steals your spot in the sunlight. Or but this will not happen because Love on the Air with Shannon Baker is timeless and irreplaceable. But, and But all about Eve would suggest Love on the Air with Shannon Baker can quickly become mm. Love on the Air with Haley Michaels. Sure. But will Haley Michaels give us gems like Holy moly, guacamole, where did the weekend go? Somehow I missed that. <laughs> Although I will I will tell you there are some real dialogue doozies in here for me too. <laughs> I think my ears just like blocked that out. Oh really? You see, it fits into my sensibility of just loving the radio. I've always loved the radio. I've always harbored some sort of fantasy of having my own radio program. Um, we sort of do. I mean, not really, but <laughs> this this is a way to scratch that itch is all I'm saying. Sure. I was on the radio Is once. it a real radio show? No. But <laughs> is it, you know, we have a microphone now too. Yeah. yeah. You were on the radio once? When I was in high school, uh, a local college radio station interviewed myself and my teammates on my 4x800 meter relay. Okay. And it was really exciting for me just to be in the studio and sure uh, you've been in the studio another time that's true that's true you i've been to wkcr Miles, Miles davis chair that's right anyways this studio in the lifetime movie is special though because it has twinkly lights and so many candles yes. i i do not find that plausible because there's so much expensive recording equipment would you put an open flame Anywhere near that, in no. that entire building, I would say that no one is allowed to have an open flame. Especially since somebody snips the wires later in the film. Well, I mean, I don't think that radio stations are designed to account for stalkers who snip wires. Right. But I think it's all the more reason not to have... You if never you... know what's going to happen. So an open flame near all that electrical stuff yeah. and all that expense. I mean, a sa- I can't imagine what a mixing soundboard costs. Yeah. I would assume it's in the hundreds of thousands. A uh, hundred thousand? Yeah. Because like a really good microphone, we don't use a good mic. You're listening to this. You know we don't use a good mic. A really good mic, some of them are like a full thousand. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I can't, I mean, that's way more high tech. Right. Anyways, what do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about her series of dates? Do we want to talk about... I only care about mentioning one thing on one of her dates. Okay. What's that? I engaged with this movie in a very casual way. Uh (laughs) Well, no, first I'll set the scene. Okay, so... We've got this studio, it's got twinkly lights and candles, and Shannon, Matt has now really helped me stick that name (laughs) in my head, Shannon, the clothing brief for her was obviously free spirit, because she's wearing lots of like fringe earrings and statement earrings and like bohemian poofy dresses and flowy and lots of like tiered peasant dresses Mm -hmm. you also know she's a 
free spirit because her apartment has like 20 gold butterflies on one wall. Yes. Nothing says free spirit like butterflies <laughs> everywhere. They literally are free. They fly. Anyways, but, um, and then the brief for her producer, the one who's single white female slash all about eving her. Haley. Haley was business lady shoulder pads. Mm -hmm. But the weird part about it is that they also put her in these big statement earrings. Yeah. There must have been some deal at the statement earring store, but like tonally, they did not work. She'd have like these huge, chunky, fringy earrings. And it's like, that lady is not wearing those earrings to work. Maybe that lady is wearing those earrings, but to work, she's not wearing with like black pants with a very standard business pattern and a white blouse. You're not wearing like crazy earrings. Maybe your earrings are trying to play to the nature of Austin being a a hip town. Maybe. Or maybe she was trying to steal Shannon's life earrings first. Yes. (laughs) But so... The producer, I will say, she reminds me of Ruth Wilson. Yes. That's who she reminds me of. 100%. Strong, very strongly. Uh, uh-huh. The uh, Shannon. Mm-hmm. The Shannon. <laughs> Looks similar, I guess. She uh-huh. has brown hair, you know. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't describe them as ringers, but right. I don't think you have to be a single white female someone. The point is that you're supposed to metamorphose into... Yes. Is that the word? Butterfly word. Works for me. Okay. <laughs> to get back to your point, the only thing I wanted to say about the series of dates is when we get to the one that is actually promising. So do you have something to say about all of the oddballs she dates beforehand? Oh, I just thought it was sort of silly the way they have those dates in succession and then there's a guy in finance who gets arrested while on the date by two policemen. Yeah, and he chuckles. And I also don't think... Do you get arrested by, like, beat cops when you're getting arrested for financial crimes? Or do you get arrested by, like... I thought you got arrested by, like the FBI or the SEC. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. Haven't been arrested for financial crimes yet. (laughs) Seems highly unlikely since I don't work in finance. (laughs) Um, Oh, going back, she talks a great deal about how her signature lipstick color is fire apple red. Uh Uh-huh. I found that irritating. You really did not like the fire apple. Fire apple is not a color. Or an apple. Is it? I think they mean, no, I think they mean fire engine red Uh or candy apple red. Okay. And maybe they, maybe they encountered a trademarked brand name of a, or not brand name, but a Mm. lipstick name that they were like, okay, so we'll combine the two things that we're talking about. Like maybe Mac Cosmetics has fire engine red trademarked for lipsticks or something. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but that's not an apple. That's not a color. That's not a phrase. And also, I don't remember her wearing red lipstick that much. Mm -hmm. So if you have a signature lipstick, I better see you in it every scene. Well, I don't know. Maybe she wore it on the two dates she had with Ian before he was unceremoniously offed. Okay, Ian is the one I wanted to talk about clearly. Uh Uh-huh. 
There's a lot that ha- so Ian is a doctor. He's the last ditch effort at finding her love. Yes. She ends up finding love with an ex-boyfriend who moves back to town who she thinks is her stalker. Right. Kevin. He's not her stalker mm-hmm. and they end up together. But who cares? <laughs> On this date with Ian the doctor who one of her fans, the premise is that she's being set up with people by her fans. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're not vetted because some of the people she goes on dates with are like weird. But yet she receives that envelope with profile. So are we to assume that she's going on dates with everyone in the envelope or just... Or that she's picked these people? Yeah. I mean, did she subject herself to this? Anyways, so the last ditch effort is Ian, a doctor. And apparently all doctors are amazing, good people. And that's why she should go on a date with them. Mm Mm-hmm. I have no real thoughts on doctors. I just think that's the impression that they're all amazing. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm sure there are some <laughs> bad doctors. Like Dr. Stalked Alba- by my doctor. <laughs> I was waiting for you to walk into like that Dr. one. Dr. Beck. It, t- it was a long road, but... Okay, so on this date with the handsome doctor, two things happened that I just couldn't get over. The first is that their cute date banter is they're walking on a street and eating hot dogs and their cute date banter is about, is a sandwich a hot dog, which is boring. And the doctor says he'd like to punch her ex Gavin in the face, yeah, which seems super aggressive for someone who has genuinely no claim or ties to this woman. Yeah, what about the Hippocratic Oath, bro? It was a little, like, that sort of thing to me is more of a red flag than an act of gallantry. Talk about doing no harm. I get it. He's a doctor. (laughs) Do you know any other doctor phrases that you want to use right now? (laughs) But so, on the course of this date, the radio woman eats half a hot dog, five dumplings, and ice cream, and they act like that's a ton of food. Yeah. Five dumplings is an appetizer. Right. Half a hot dog is also an appetizer. Yep. What did you eat for the main? Yeah. But the weirder part is in their date banter, mm-hmm. she says in answer to his question that the one person she would like to have dinner with is Madonna, obviously. Yeah. And that's objectively incorrect. <laughs> you had a real issue with that, huh? I have a huge issue with that. Maybe the Madonna, because she's so important <laughs> in the course of history and religion. So much of of the world is tied up in her life story, right? Like all of Christianity. Mm. Was the stipulation the person has to be alive? I don't know, but usually that question is framed like, if you could have dinner with five people living or dead, yeah, right, right. who would they be and why? Yep. And obviously is not a good why. Like, when, when you get asked that question, you better have a better why than obviously. Yeah. I'm not saying Madonna's not interesting. She's had a very long career. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of chaos in her personal life, too, or there was when she was younger and... I don't know, now she's got children and that might be interesting. I have no idea, but I'm saying not interesting enough. 
Think of all the people who've ever lived. Yeah, right. Madonna's your choice. Mm -hmm. Now, if again, to your point, if we're talking about living people, I still think that's objectively incorrect. Okay. You could have dinner with Vladimir Putin. That could be your answer. I'm not saying he'd be like a lovely dinner companion, (laughs) but wouldn't one be curious? What is he like Uh to eat dinner with? What does he eat? Yeah. There are like world leaders. Mm -hmm. You could have dinner with activists. You could have dinner with Malala. It just seems odd. Madonna seems an yeah, I'm I'm sticking with my answer. That's objectively incorrect. <laughs> now, who would you have dinner with? I don't have an answer for the question, so I'm asking you. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, and they're living. I don't know, I guess. Um, right? It's a hard question to answer. It is a really hard answer. question. My knee jerk is Stevie Wonder. Okay. But that's because he's my favorite living musician. Okay. I don't think I even have a good answer for it. That's the thing. Yeah. Roxanne Gay? She would be good. I think she'd be fun to have a dinner with. Yeah. First of all, I think she's an amazing writer. That's my why. And a a broad thinker. Like she, you could talk to her about serious subjects and then she also apparently really likes lifetime movies so Uh we could spend the whole dinner talking about like is it christmas movies you like or is it the like standard fare Uh uh-huh yeah variety of subjects is important yes but is that even good like it's like then when you scrutinize that or even when you scrutinize stevie wonder it's like is Stevie Wonder the most important person alive? Because theoretically, shouldn't the person you want to have dinner with be like the most significant person alive? Or someone whom you would just really like to talk to on a variety of subjects. Okay, yeah. And I don't know that Stevie Wonder is a Bravo consumer, so. (laughs) Is he a lifetime consumer, though? That's a good question. Did he really like the Christmas setup? <laughs> That's the cute one, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I think her answer is a It's object- a fraud question. Is a it's a fraud. Yes. I trying to answer it myself, I will agree. It's a hard question to answer. But you'll notice that in both of our answers, we were like, "Oh, it could be this person and here's why." Neither of us said obviously. Yeah. And there was a lot of like Hmm, like thinking on it. Like, is that the person you'd really go with? Mm -hmm. Now, if we open it up to living or dead, she is objectively incorrect. Uh Think of, I mean, like you could have dinner with Queen Victoria. Think Mm -hmm. about all the things that happened during her life. Yeah. Like what changed in the world during her life. You could have dinner with Da Vinci or W.E.B. Du Bois. You know he's dead, right? People. He's dead. <laughs> he's not living. Well, he wrote his like, famous books in like 1907. I know, but our former president said he was alive. So. Oh, I thought it was Frederick Douglass that he said. Oh, he was, was it Frederick Douglass? It was Frederick okay. Douglass. Well, they're both dead. Sorry to spoil it for you. 
<laughs> um, I'm yeah. Anyways, I can't get I can't go down that rabbit hole. Um, not the rabbit hole of them being alive or dead, but the rabbit hole of like how, who you ask who told him those names. Yeah, and like how did he not know they were dead? Sure. Um, okay, so at the end of this date with the handsome doctor, the one thing I did want to point out about the date, other than the boring, like, is a hot dog a sandwich? Also, is a hot dog a sandwich? I thought Ruth Bader Ginsburg answered this question. And, oh, did she? And, like, solved it for once and for all. What did she say? I think she said it's a sandwich because if you if you set the limits of a sandwich as anything that has something contained between two pieces of bread that a hot dog would meet that criteria. Mm-hmm. I thought she did some lighthearted argument yes. about that on a late show uh-huh. or whatever and was, you know, I'm willing to... I'm charmed. I'm willing to let her... Now I also want a hot dog. ...dictate things. Yeah, I always want a hot dog. I never not want a hot dog. <laughs> I would eat a hot dog at 8 a.m. if one were presented. Really? Yes, but you know I'd also eat sushi at 8 a.m. I don't really care. Yeah. Conversely, I'd also eat pancakes at 11 p.m. Uh-huh. if presented. You know, I don't... Yeah. Good food has no time of day. That makes one of us. So anyways, at the end of this day with Ian, he drops her off at her house and hears a very loud noise in her backyard. And rather than tell her and maybe get a flashlight or turn the lights on. He just goes to investigate because he's gallant like that. And someone, the stalker, brains him with a rock, which is standard lifetime fare. But what was odd and what I have to mention is that we are given a smash cut of a rock hitting his head to cat food going into a bowl. (laughs) Yes. Like, deliberately smashed those two things together. Cut directly from it hitting brain to wet cat food noise (laughs) into bowl and cat food plunking into a bowl. It was a tonally very odd choice. Extremely lighthearted to go from, like, gruesome death to cat food. Are you listening, Fancy Feast? Your next commercial (laughs) idea lies therein. Okay, so what else did you want to talk about? The stalker envelope that Shannon receives where there are the photos of her. And the tie. And Ian's tie. The tie he was wearing on their date. Yeah, and then a ransom note that says, Peekaboo, I see you, in cutout letters. I must have been typing because I did not see that. (laughs) It's an odd way to address a... Kidnapping. It says peekaboo, I see. Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. Well, we can talk about all of the stalking stuff because, as is usually the case, the reaction to everything that happens is incorrect. So she opens this envelope and she's taking out pictures of herself that someone has taken from a distance. And she continues emptying the envelope. If someone, if you have a stalker and you receive photos on your doorstep in a manila envelope, stop opening them. It needs yeah. to be fingerprinted. Like, what are you doing? Sure. Immediately report it. So there are a variety of things that happen in that vein of her just like reacting incorrect. 
One night she comes home and her house has been ransacked and she hears a loud noise. If that happens to you, the response is not to grab a decorative wine bottle filled with dried flowers and investigate. You either run out of the house into your waiting car, which was not even in a garage. It was outside, so she could have fled quite easily. Mm -hmm. Or you hide. But she ends up getting smashed over the head with something because of course she does. Mm -hmm. Also, she's at an event, Radio Presenter of the Year or something like that. Yes, the award that she is gunning for. So she goes to this event. Quick detour. There are always detours. The station owner gives her a taser to take to this event. Yes. And says, that'll fit in your handbag for this evening awards event. False. She says, yes, that is false. I struggle to find bags to attend weddings that I can fit a cell phone in. My cell phone doesn't fit in half the bags I own. I have to hold a purse in one hand and my cell phone in the other. They don't make evening bags. Just imagine if you had to to also hold a taser. Yes. Well, my point is they don't make evening bags to carry anything. I guess Uh women are supposed to be unencumbered by stuff at night. During the day, we're supposed to carry those gigantic bags that have like an entire medical supply unit in it and like arts and crafts supplies Mm -hmm. and like a cast and crutches and what you're supposed to have everything any person could ever need Uh, inside of your huge Mary Poppins bag during the day. Yeah. But at night, you're supposed to have nothing with you. Forget about a wallet. Again, I cannot fit a wallet and my phone in most of my evening bags. So I have to make the choice every time of how do I do this? And I end up putting the wallet in the bag and carrying my phone. So there's no room for a taser Mm -hmm. in the majority of evening bags. I'm putting that out there. And this was an evening event. She was wearing like a full dress. Yes, I think you called it the radio prom. It was radio prom and she she, she has room in her purse for a taser. Incorrect. She would barely have room in that purse for fire apple red lipstick. Uh Maybe a few Tic Tacs. But so anyways, they're at this event and she sees one of the men she suspects of being her stalker. And she starts to panic and flees to the bathroom alone. Yes. Again, incorrect. (laughs) And then later, when the producer calls her and tells her they caught the stalker that night, and it's this guy who's been leaving cupcakes, blue cupcakes, her favorite color, on her car, Shannon does not question why the police called her producer and not her. Yes, because the police never actually calls her to tell her this. Yeah, because they didn't catch anyone. That's why they didn't call her. But she doesn't... She's like, oh, of course they would call the person who's not the victim of the crime Because she's my producer. (laughs) Anyways, I did think some of the misdirects were good in terms of like the guys that were misdirected to. I was not fooled by the cupcake guy. No, he was a definite red herring. But the white sound mixer who was wearing the wire rim Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. That felt like a good misdirect. Yes. Although I did say they did work trying to make us think it was the cupcake guy because they had him say that he's her biggest fan 
and she's the only reason he gets out of bed in the morning. Yes. He is not the only person in the movie who says, you're the only reason I get out of bed in the morning. Right. There's that older woman in the store. How popular is radio? People are obsessed with Bravo. And for another example, people are obsessed with Howard Stern. Mm -hmm. I wonder how many people would say to either of those people, you're the reason I get out of bed in the morning. That's a lot on a radio program's shoulders. It is. But with a catchphrase like wake up and smell the Monday, which that woman who's the fan cites, who could argue? It would make me want to get out of bed. That's for sure. I mean, maybe to like turn the radio off so you didn't have to hear such monstrous things. I People who display that level of chipperness and like in such a hollow, boring way, I can't do it. I'm not saying I'd want to listen to someone who's like downcast as a radio presenter, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that sort of hollow cheeriness is a real irritant for me. So you're saying that you don't want me to go around saying, wake up and smell the Monday. (laughs) I mean, what would my reaction be? Throw something at me? No, I don't throw things at you. I mean, cursing, probably. Yes. It depends how long have I been awake. And what time am I saying this? Yes. You said it to me. Isn't she the 6 to 10 a.m. block? <laughs> you said it to me at 6 a.m. Yeah. I'd be very mad. Yes. I mean, not like dumping cat food into a bowl mad, <laughs> but pretty mad. Yeah. Well, back to your point. It is said by Haley that Shannon has her face plastered on billboards all around the city. Yes, and she has fans waiting for her outside of the studio to get her autograph, which feels implausible. Right. I don't want to be rude, but like, I don't think, unless they're already famous, I don't think radio personalities get that level of fame. What, those people are waiting outside for like an hour? At 10 a.m.? Here's the thing. It makes sense to me why, like, Broadway people have fans waiting outside the stage door. They were just in there watching you. The performance ended. They're fans. Mm -hmm. And they would then like your autograph. But you listen to the radio at home. So it doesn't make a ton of what they... They decided to listen to the last bit of radio on the way to the station so they could be there right at 10 when it ends. And you have no work to do inside, no paperwork, no prepping for the next day's show, none of that stuff. You don't have any office work. You just leave immediately and go out to sign autographs to your many waiting fans. Mm -hmm. Again, maybe if you're Howard Stern. Maybe. Maybe. What about Delilah? Who's Delilah? Oh, I don't know if Delilah is here. Uh, Delilah is a DJ who is famous for love and like dedications. Mm-mm. Actually not dissimilar to some of the stuff that is shown uh, okay. by, by, by Shannon. I don't know Delilah. Yeah. Sorry. She's got, a, she's got a very soft, soothing voice. It's, you know, people calling in to request to dedicate a song to to someone. I remember a New York Times Magazine article, little profile of her, 
and the interviewer asked, what are the top three songs that are requested by people for other people? Oh, what are they? And, and she was like, the wind beneath my wings, the wind beneath my wings, the wind beneath my wings. Oh. <laughs> I think she was being cheeky, but pass. it's not, not far off, I'm sure. Pass, yeah. pass. Yeah. Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about or should we get into the ending? I do like the way that it kind of starts out with danger where Gavin, her Mm ex-boyfriend, is on that date with a woman, presumably in Central Park. Mm -hmm. And she, they decide they're both still hung up on their exes and Mm -hmm. she leaves the park and then she like... Is pushed to her death. Yes. Now that is a trope that both of us missed in our... In our bingo cards? Bingo cards, yes. Is a death within the first four minutes, I'd say, not even Mm -hmm. five. Usually it's like 120 seconds, Mm -hmm. but a death in the first... Might we call that sudden death? Sudden death. But yeah, that's a trope we missed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then how it ends is the producer, the Ruth Wilson woman, she wants her own show. And if she got the ratings high enough for Love on the Air, she was supposed to get the evening news show. Yep. The station head, the one with the taser, tells her she can't have the evening show, even though she has made Love on the Air the number one radio show in everywhere. And even though Shannon wins Radio Presenter of the Year. So she switches his coffee to a poisoned one, of course. Yes. And Poor Franklin. Poor Franklin. It wasn't even his decision. The executive board went in another he direction. Went, he went to bat for her, he says. That's but, right. But that's why you don't make promises that you don't know you can keep. If you make someone a promise, particularly about their career... Now, I'm not saying she, she should have poisoned him, to be clear. <laughs> I do not support poisoning. I am a firm believer that if you are in a position of power, you don't make promises to someone about their career trajectory unless you know you have the ability to deliver. Mm-hmm. So don't promise someone a promotion unless you know you can secure that promotion for them. Like if you're the one who's able to promote them. But if it's the board's choice, don't tell someone you, if they do X, you will promote them. Because then they'll do X, and if you can't promote them, you're kind of a jerk. Yeah. That kind of makes you a jerk. Now, again, doesn't deserve to get poisoned. No. But shouldn't have done that. So Shannon comes to the station for whatever convoluted reason, and the producer, Haley, comes in on her after Shannon has discovered Franklin's lifeless body. Yeah. And Haley says, how many times did I tell you to break up with Gavin? And claims that she did all of this because she wants to be with Gavin, which felt wrong to me. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to, usually in like a single white female type movie, getting the romantic partner is not the driving force. It's like they want the whole package. They want the job. They want the life. They yep. want the partner that comes mm-hmm. with it. Sometimes they want the kids. But the driving force is not... The man. Right. And I really didn't think in terms of the character that the driving force would be the man. She wanted that evening news program. Yeah. So it seemed a little off that uh-huh. they made it at the last minute that they made it. She was in love with Gavin. That Gavin was the driving force behind it. Because Gavin really wasn't a big figure in this movie. He, mm-hmm. he did not feature... He loomed small is how uh, I would say yeah. it. 
So she's staging it so it looks like Franklin was Shannon's stalker and there was a murder-suicide and then Haley will get love on the air and Uh Gavin will fall for her after she comforts him after Shannon's death. And of course there's a tussle and the cops bust in at just the right moment. And then we cut to... The final scene where we see Haley. Is she in prison or in a psychiatric hospital? She's in a mental health facility. Yeah, and she's doing her note-perfect intro. Welcome to Love on the Air with Haley Michaels. And that is a show I might have interest in listening to. (laughs) That's a woman who's not going to feed you cheery fluff. She's not going to wake up and smell the Monday? No. No. Or she is, but there's something lurking so dark beneath that Monday. Wake up and smell the smelling salt. <laughs> Wake up and smell this cat food. Yeah. Or this mm-hmm. rock. Blam. <laughs> or your poisoned coffee. Yeah. I mean, her body count is high. Wake up and smell me pushing someone down the stairs in Central Park. Yeah. I think she kills at least three people in this movie. Do we know that Franklin is dead? I don't know. I just mm-hmm. assumed. Yeah. She could have had a higher body count, but... Uh, Gavin drank poisoned wine intended for Shannon, Uh but Shannon called the cops quickly enough. Yep. Now that felt like an error on, a miscalculation on Mm -hmm. Haley's part, because if you send someone a bottle of wine, Gavin and Shannon are back together. What's more natural than sharing a bottle of wine with your significant other. Especially to celebrate radio personality. You would hope she was going to drink the whole bottle alone. Uh Not miss wake up and smell the Monday. (laughs) She's got to be microphone ready at 6 a.m. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, it was good. There were a few moments that I thought could have been like, it's tough to compare, right? Because like the last movie we watched was Lifetime on PCP. The pacing was so fast. Yeah. Everything was action-packed, crammed in. Uh So I thought this was like a good Saturday afternoon Lifetime movie. Uh You know, I liked it. It's just tough to compare. How do you come back from a mother's nightmare, I guess? Right. So anyways, Matt had trivia this week. Yeah. Tough assignment this week because this movie is... Well, it came out only a few months ago. Yes. And as luck would have it, several of the actors don't have a lot yet on their resumes. Okay. So Shannon, played by Sky Coin, she's mostly been in shorts, and this was one of her first big starring roles. Okay. Haley is the, really the, the actor in this with the longest career. She was good. I think Haley yeah. was good. Mm-hmm. I, I would take her as a villain in other things, too. I'd also like to see what she's capable of as a lead. Yeah. As the non-villain. But I, I liked her as the villain. Well, funny you should ask. Uh, Haley was played by Gillian Murray. Okay. Played the lead in the critically acclaimed straight-to-video Wild Things Foursome. Is that the fourth? Appa- wild- apparently. Wild okay. Apparently. She's had a varied career because she was in Wild Things Foursome. Uh, she was on MTV's Awkward. Okay, I think that did well. I think so. Uh, she was in Cabin Fever Three, Patient Zero. So she's got a, a bit of a bit of a horror background. Okay. More recently, she was in the film. I don't remember if we saw this, but Killer Daddy Issues. 
No. But then she also has a, a, a bit of Christmas as well because she was the lead in A Kiss on Candy Cane Lane. That sounds like Hallmark It to does me. sound like Hallmark. Yeah. And interestingly, she met her husband, who in also, who's also an actor, on the movie Never Back Down to The Beatdown, okay. which I believe is about a bunch of MMA fighters. Um, what a story to tell the grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> well, her husband, uh, whose name is Dean Geyer, I can't remember at what point you stopped watching Glee, but her husband played Leah Michelle's love interest once she moved to New York and went to like that performing arts college. I might have seen him. And he is he played a guy named Brody who was like a brooding dancer. Okay. And the only other thing I'll mention is the girl who was killed at the beginning. Okay. Uh, her name is Triana Brown. Uh, she was the second runner-up for Miss Oklahoma USA. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. She was pretty. That makes sense to me. So... Light on trivia. All right. Well, you work with what you have. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at husbandandwifetime at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at husbandwifetime or on Instagram at husbandandwifetime. If you like this episode, please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks. Bye. Bye.